0: In today's episode, we are talking about all the ways you can serve your clients in unexpected ways. We want to be giving our clients a gold star service that exceeds their expectations. So how do we do that? Well, we do the common things uncommonly well. Look for the things you are already doing and go that extra mile, over-deliver, add a little zhuzh, and delight your clients with unexpected moments in every step of the design process. Do this and you will turn your clients into raving fans. Without further ado, let's dive in. Hey, I'm Kate Bendewald. And I'm Leslie Myrick. We're interior designers who've been meeting every Friday for coffee to discuss the ins and outs, ups and downs of running our design business and decided to hit the record button. We are Designers Getting Coffee with each other and now you.
1: While some might choose to guard the hard-earned secrets of their design success, we've chosen to support, encourage, and empower one another to be the most kick-ass business owners
0: possible. Welcome to the Designers Getting Coffee podcast, real talk about running your design business with head and heart. Come join the conversation. Today's episode is brought to you by Designers of Oasis. I wanted to create an online hub for designers to access resources to help you run your business. Designers Oasis is a place to get time-saving and confidence-boosting design resources. Start with the free space planning quick reference guide, a printable to make space planning quick and effortless. You can also access the Canva templates for interior designers. Right now, our podcast listeners can get 10% off any of the Canva D G C Canva 10 at checkout. That's D as in designers, G as in getting, C as in coffee, Canva (laughs) 10 at checkout. Head over now to designerswaces.com and stop going it alone. And now this is episode 39, 10 ideas to serve your clients in unexpected ways. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Giggles. How you doing today? I'm good. I am just gonna say, you know, this is, um, we're in an interesting time right now and I don't know, but today I'm in kind of a, an interesting mood. I'm, I'm happy. Um, but I'm a little giggly. (laughs) (laughs) I promise I haven't been drinking. It's just, just, you know, new, new life right now, Leslie. Seriously.
1: Well, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm trying to figure out what my new normal looks like right now with both kids home and my husband working mostly from home but still teaching. And so we're just kind of juggling schedules and getting things done. And I have realized that one of the best things I can be doing for myself right now is to keep my normal routine and schedule as hard as that is to make myself get up at 530 in the morning when I don't have client meetings or really urgent deadlines. I've just been working hard to stay healthy, drink my water, eat well, go to bed early, get up as if life is as it was a few weeks ago and that's actually been yeah. kind of helpful for my my sanity and my well-being. So, I'm hanging in there. We're making it work.
0: Good for you. I wish I could say the same. I have not been making healthy You're choices. You're about to move across
1: the country. Like literally, <laughs> we're recording this obviously, you know, a little bit early guys, but Kate is pretty much going to hang up here. And go pack some boxes. and Get ready to hit the yeah. road in
0: what? A week? Yeah. Uh, y- yeah, a week from yesterday. Wow. So the countdown begins. To yeah, but it's just been kind of carb nation over here, and uh, <laughs> but we'll get through it. I've I've told myself that once we get to the other side, so to speak, um, that I want I do very much crave routine just like you do. And we've not had that and so maybe that's why I'm a little bit punchy these days. Um sleep has not been the best and I feel a little bit of a fog in my brain. So you guys just forgive me. I've also been with my kids nonstop for a long time because prior to all of this we were together on a road trip um over spring break, which was a blast, but we've just been with our children um, pretty much nonstop. I know so many of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. So, I I will just say before we dive in here, one of the things I've noticed generally, like globally, is I think an appreciation for just more authenticity with people and kind of seeing um, things are just a little less polished right now, a little less shiny. I'm getting ready to record a webinar after this, and my hair's not done. I did put a little bit of makeup on, if people hear my kids barging in or running around, then so be it. And that's very much not my typical way. It's not how I like to do things. I like to have things way more organized and, uh, polished and prepared. And not only for me, but I'm just seeing from, you know, the people who are putting out podcasts that I listen to or, um, emails that people are sending or YouTubers that I watch regularly. Um, there's just this. To, not to overuse this word, but new normal of just like, hey guys, I'm still going to be doing my thing and showing up for you, but it might not look like it always had before. And I, and I'm appreciating that from the other folks that I like to listen to. Um, and I'm starting to appreciate and giving myself permission to do it as well for my myself. I think that's
1: awesome. Yeah. I've really been enjoying podcasts, blog posts, just the content I'm normally consuming. I'm, I'm really grateful to see lots of people pivoting and working with what's happening now and keeping it real and putting good stuff out there. But also, you know, addressing the fact that right now in the entire world, things don't look like they used to. And they hopefully will go to, quote, more normal soon. But who knows? So. We actually, um, Kate and I spent some time this morning brainstorming about today's episode because this is the last episode of season three. We had a small Mm -hmm. break planned here anyway, and it feels like a really good time to take a bit of a break from recording, Mm -hmm. especially because someone is about to move across the country with two kids and a husband and a dog. And having done that (laughs) myself last summer, two kids, a husband, and a cat. Yeah, Yeah. Kate's going to need a little bit of grease. So we wanted to wrap up season three with... Sharing a few ideas, 10 ideas exactly, um, to serve your clients in unexpected ways, to really go above and beyond, and to set yourself apart, to blow people's minds with service, because that's really crucial right now. Everything looks different. Things, I think, are getting more personal and one-on-one, and of course, there's still automation happening, but I'm definitely sensing this shift to bigger, deeper more meaningful connections and level of service in our businesses right now because that's kind of what we have to compete on. And, you know, guys, I don't mean compete like, you know, knock down, drag out. I'm better at this than you. Sure. But these are the things that are going to set you apart and help business continue to come in the door even when things are uncertain and, you know, people are (laughs) up to their eyeballs in children and trying to just get their house finished and have fun with it. And so basically... Like services King right now and that's that's so yeah. important so we wanted this to be the end of season three leave you with some really great ideas you can start implementing and then honestly we're not sure when we're coming back with season four it's happening don't think we're leaving you forever we just need to kind of figure out what this is gonna look like um, we've talked about maybe me just flying solo for a while so designer <laughs> getting coffee and maybe bringing on some guests so mm-hmm. If you guys have ideas for guests you'd love to see us interview on the show, we'd love to hear from you. If you've got a topic you want us to cover, something that's been really on your mind, please, please, please email us at hello at designersgettingcoffee.com, and we will definitely take that into consideration. We have loose plans for season four, but let's be real, guys. Everything is shifting and changing, and we are too. Mm -hmm. So we -hmm. want to hear from you and know what you would love us to be doing next to really help support you where you guys are right now. Well said, Leslie, I appreciate that. Well, thanks girl. But we want to give you guys good (laughs) stuff today. This isn't just, yeah, this isn't just us sharing what's going on, but we want to give you some good ideas. So 10 ideas to serve your clients in unexpected ways. These are things that Kate and I do in our businesses that we feel sets us apart and just adds that little extra special touch to keep clients happy and keep clients coming back and sending us referrals. So my number one thing that I do, these aren't in any particular order, but number one, I do my best to beat my deadlines. So if I tell a client we're going to have a design presentation ready in eight weeks, really in my mind, I want to be presenting in six or seven weeks. I give myself a buffer. That way, if poop hits the fan, I have that time. But (laughs) nobody is going to be unhappy if you say, hey, Jane client, I've got your design presentation done early. Would you like to move up the meeting a week? Do you know how that blows people's bases off, they love that. It shows that you are paying attention to them, that you are efficient, you are effective. And so my goal is to always beat my deadline. Not always, but when I can. Um, I under-promise and over-deliver. I plan for that. That's not something that happens by accident. And for me, that's something that I feel like just takes it a little bit next level. Because if you've ever worked with a contractor, which I'm sure you have, or another professional, and when they not only you know, they, maybe they hit the deadline, but it feels kind of forced or worst case, they go past the deadline and they reschedule. That's just the worst feeling when things drag on and on and you just feel like they don't care that you're a low priority and they're not meeting the deadlines that they promised you. So my goal, beat my deadlines under promise and over deliver with client deadlines and client meetings. That is one way to keep people raving about you because so
0: few people actually do that. Kate, what is I your? I love that. Oh, thanks, girl. I don't. I've never. So for the first time ever, I did that recently, um, and to be honest, it was it was more selfishly motivated. Um, it was because the it was right before spring break. We originally had planned to present after spring break but we just looked at our calendar and we were like we can totally do this and then we can go into spring break they can have time to sit on this information and kind of mull things over and be ready to come back the week after with all their comments and it worked out beautifully we had to you know really push for it but I love that you say plan for this because if you don't plan for it it's not going to happen <laughs> exactly
1: and so in my mind you know I know it's about six weeks to get a design presentation out the door. I'm just, then I'm throwing these numbers out. I don't know if that's true, but I will tell a client maybe eight weeks. That way, they love it. It just, it, you set expectations and then you beat them. And that is, I mean, I love hearing that when I hire people. So I want to do the same for my clients. Excellent.
0: Um, I want to say too, just what we're talking about today are ideas for- that we've done at various points in our business, but really anything you do in your business, the most basic thing, whether it's just a simple email or a phone call or whatever it is, um, I had a coach a while back, and the thing that she just um, drilled into our heads was to do common things uncommonly well. And that is a phrase that has become sort of a mantra around our office is do common things uncommonly well. And if you pay attention and you get creative, there are things that you're already doing every day. Doesn't cost money, but it's just a way to pamper your clients. And like Leslie said at the top, that these are the things that are going to set you apart. Um, service is king and they're, they're, you just can't compete with it when it comes to these like free design centers at furniture <laughs> stores um it really can help justify it really is what helps justify you know paying you to do your magic so number two um remembering heads pets and names and i will be honest i am the worst at remembering these things so i have to make a point to um get those filed um we I ask for that information in their questionnaire that they get before we meet. So what are their kids' names? What are their pets' names? Melissa, my associate, is so much better at this than I am. So I just make sure that I keep that information written down before we go, and I will um, just try to remember. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's why you've got the cheat sheet. It's there to help you before you get out of the the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I get out, I'll... I'll just do a double take. Um, Anyway, so that's super important. Um, And sometimes if uh, I know that they have a a dog or their kids might be home, um, I'll bring little pet treats or a small kid toy um, to my meetings if I know they'll be there.
1: I love that idea. I've I've sent stickers afterward before, like in a thank you card, but I love the idea of bringing something with you because not only does that look – super thoughtful to your client. It's also going to keep the kid busy. (laughs) So mom or dad can focus on their time with you. That's awesome. Yeah. Assuming you like kids and dogs, it's an easy thing to do. (laughs) Well, that's true. And if you don't just pretend because the like your clients obviously do if they have kid and or dog. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, Leslie, what's number three for you? So number three, one thing I do for clients is I create an online launch pad to start a project. So what that is, and I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, is it's a custom web page on my site. I use WordPress. I'm not a coder or developer, but I do love tinkering around behind the scenes. So this is something that I'm able to do. I make a new web page. It's password protected just for them. It's a unique link. And in there is, you know, kind of like our getting started procedure, what to expect. There's a link to sign their contract. There's a link to fill out their questionnaire. There's all the next steps. It is such a cool tool. And I think it just looks super slick to be you know, branded. It's through my website. And it's a one-stop shop for them to really feel confident that we have our procedures and our workflow buttoned down and they know where to go to find the next steps and next information. And, Kate, I know I think Dubsado for you does kind of a similar function, right? Like they get one email, and then they they have a link to access all those same things. Is that correct? Kind of, sort of? Yep. Cool. Yes. So, yeah. Dubs- I, yeah, I did. Said
0: it, yeah, great. So
1: I did try out Dubsado, and for me, it was just a little bit too rigid. I like being able to change things too much. But this yeah. wor- this works for me. It might not be for you if you're not very tech savvy because it could be incredibly time-consuming. But for me, once we have the template of the new website, I just clone it. I put links in, and the clients get this really slick-looking, basically an online portal that's just for them. I, I personalize it with their name and their info so it feels really individual And they've got all that in one place instead of here's an email with one PDF and here's an email with one link. It's kind of been a way that we can make it visual and accessible and just kind of be that, that little next level of service for them.
0: Well, and you know, I'm such a branding whore. I love that. I want, I'm, my wheels are turning. I'm like, oh my gosh, this would be so easy for me to do for my clients as well. And, um, I think, Anytime you can make your clients' lives easier and you don't have to um, give them some, you know, a bunch of stuff that they have to remember, they can always know, like, everything is always going to be here in this, in yep. this portal. Is- and I
1: always just make the URL their last name. So, you know, com slash Jones. And that way they can always get their link. And, yeah, I just think it's one of those cool little touches. And plus, I'm a, I'm a nerd and I love playing around with WordPress. So
0: it suits me well yeah. to do
1: these for clients
0: barf. I hate WordPress, but (laughs) you're, it's almost like if you're a Mac or PC person, you're one or the other, you either are WordPress or Squarespace person. Mm -hmm. Um, there's no right or wrong way, but, um, I use Squarespace. And so if you guys are are using Squarespace, I know this would be pretty easy to do. Um, cool. Yeah, girl. What's number four? one One of the things you said was what's next. Um, what to expect. I think, um, and so my number four is my what's next PDFs. I have a series of <gasps> oh, them I like those. that I drop at very specific times throughout the process. These are the things that I am saying over and over and over again to my clients. So for example, I have one that I send about one week before the design presentation because for a lot of my clients, they have never done this before. Um, they don't really know what to expect at the design presentation, even though I've said, like, we're gonna be bringing you all of the finished drawings and the specifications and the samples, and we're gonna show you how it all comes together. And um, I feel like they were always asking me, like, what do I need to, is there anything I need to do to prepare and that sort of thing. And so this PDF I send one week before the presentation and it says things like, um, you know, no, no, no kids. (laughs) I love your kids, but this is not a place for them. Um, you, you're investing a lot of money in me and in your home and you deserve this time to have your undivided attention. If you do have to have kids there, try to find childcare. And I, I don't make it about me. Like it's not for me. It's doing, they need to do this for themselves. They need to be able to focus. Um, they are going to be they need to come with a mindset that they need to be making decisions. So well-rested, I bring... Sometimes I'll have presentations here at my office or at their homes. Usually it's here and I have snacks and Topo Chico, sort of my signature drink, and make sure... It's not messy snacks, it's like grapes and cheese, just little bite-sized stuff, because these presentations last at least an hour and I'm asking them to spend a lot of money. I mean, they know they're, they're going into it, planning to spend money, but it's always more money than they (laughs) realize. Um, and so you want to just nurture them however you can. So I just tell them to come with a decision making hat on. I've, I had this one client a while back and I literally, I could not get a read on them on anything. They just don't, that's just their personalities. That's how they are. They don't, they don't show a lot of emotion. Um, and I, and I wish I had, I, for some reason didn't send this email before, but they just didn't know what to do. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> hello, are you guys there? What are you thinking? How are you feeling about this? They're slow to sort of come to decisions. So anyway, it's, it's those kind of things. Um, I tell them to be prepared with a check. Um, they're not always going to be ready to write that check right then and there. They're sometimes going to want to revise some things or make some other decisions, but it has happened. so. Um, that's an option that you can do if you want. Um, I have another one, another PDF that I send after the presentation that's like, okay, so now you're going to be getting weekly emails from me. Um, we'll keep you updated with the, on the process with everything. Just those sort of things that I don't have to re write and type all the time (laughs) and give them just something to think about.
1: I think that's great. And that again, that really just shows that you know your process, you know your systems, and you've got these locked down and in place, and clients aren't left wondering, what's next? I think yeah. that's just, it's great. I love it. And it, this isn't something that would be really that time consuming, or it wouldn't be a big budget buster to create. This is something you could do in Google Docs or in Canva if yeah. you wanted to jazz it up a little bit. Love that idea, Kate. That's fantastic. Cool. All right. I, idea number I, five...
0: I I'll hear your next one. Okay,
1: well, this actually was kind of, this kind of came from you. So we talked a while ago about e-design. And, guys, if you haven't listened to that episode, this is a great time of year to go back and listen to how you can do more virtual and e-design. We can link that yeah. episode in the show notes because I don't remember the number offhand. But not only now, thanks to Kate, do I send physical packages as part of my e-design process. I used to just send them PDFs. But I send a physical package in the mail and... I include a few surprise gifts, and that typically includes makeup, candy, and or gift cards. So here's how that all came about. I, you know, little extras are good. Kate, you mentioned that in your e-design boxes, you put like a little bottle of champagne and like cute little things to make it a real <laughs> celebration when you open it. Well, yeah. my boxes are too small, and Mama don't have the budget for champagne. So what I ended <laughs> up doing... To be clear,
0: these are like those little mini bottles Okay, World I know, Market. I know. I'm, I'm joking about they're... the budget thing. <laughs> this so... is not
1: some bougie bottle of champagne. <laughs> but I'll tell you guys what I do that has worked really well, and this is going to sound so silly, but bear with me. So I get one of those monthly makeup subscription boxes because they're so much stinking fun. And I don't always love or need all the products. And so literally, I have a box in my office of gifts. And by gifts, I mean re-gifts, <laughs> so sample size stuff that doesn't work for me. I've obviously never used it or opened it. You know, sometimes you get some gifts that you just, that are nice, but you're not going to use them. Notebooks that you don't love the because pa- I'm a notebook and pen snob, you guys know. Notebooks, you don't love the feel of the paper or something weird. Anyway, I just keep a little box of little cute gifty items to have on hand and every time I send out an e-design package I'll put in a little zippered makeup pouch maybe a few pieces of candy wrapped of course and brand new not chocolate because that stuff can melt do not send chocolate in the mail it's not worth it oh my gosh I didn't even think
0: about that yeah possibility.
1: like hard candies or whatever a bag of something and then a couple little makeupy things just something that I think the client might like and it's just fun to open a box. Like you're expecting the e-design kit. You're expecting your samples and your drawings. You're not expecting a, I don't know, a face mask or a new pen and notebook. Like just, it adds that little extra bit of special and guys, it doesn't cost me anything because it's stuff that I didn't need anyway. Of course you could go buy brand new things for it, but that's the way I've been able to do it and use what I already have well. And it's just that little I think it's the fact that it's a surprise that makes it so interesting. I don't say, and your box will come with a surprise gift. I don't even say anything. It's just one of those under-promise and over-deliver moments that I've been taking advantage of.
0: Awesome. Leslie, always resourceful. Uh, We can call it resourceful. That's a good way to do it.
1: This is called, I don't like this color of lipstick. I'll put it in the box and give it to a client.
0: (laughs) And maybe they will (laughs) like it. (laughs) Well, all right then. All right. What's number Um, six, girl? What? Okay, I was going to say, what number are we on? Um, six. So I send my clients weekly, end of week updates every week. um During design development, when we're doing the actual drawings and sourcing and budgeting and all of that, I don't want my clients, I don't want to go completely radio silence on my clients. I truthfully don't have a lot of updates for them during that time but I think it's a good opportunity just to check in because there might be four to six or more even weeks between when we do our site survey and our deep dive interview and then we present. And so what we do during that phase is at the end of every week, we send just a quick email saying, hey, Ms. Jones, want to let you know, we are rocking and rolling over here. Things are coming together. We are really excited to meet with you in a few weeks. Not much else to report on. Hope you have a great weekend. Something to that effect at the end of each week. Then, once we are past the design presentation and we're moving into implementation, which is all of the project management and procurement and ordering and all that business, that is when we send weekly emails that has a lot more content. So, it'll say things, you know, it's going to recap what went on that week. Things like, you know, the contractors are done with the drywall and painters are scheduled to come next week. Um... Everything that we've ordered is processing. And if you check in Ivy or gather, whatever you use, um, you know, you can check the status of everything uh, in there. Um, Those kind of things that just let them know that you have an eye on everything. Um, Clients typically will go into the weekend because they're usually working during the week. And that's when they start to think about the project and the things that are going on and the questions start to come up. And so if you haven't checked in with them at the end of the week, it can start to feel like, you know, they might start to wonder, like, does she have a pulse on what's going on? And, you know, I used to do these sort of summer emails on Mondays, and I realized if I just did this on Friday, then it would eliminate a slew of questions in my inbox on Monday. Mm -hmm. And so um, it also gives them an opportunity if they do have questions or feedback to um, have the weekend to get back to me on it so that Monday I can... Uh, hit the ground running. So those end of week emails are so um, helpful for clients who really are, I, I feel like I've had a lot of nervous Nellie's <laughs> clients over the last couple of years, just people who, um, it's not that they don't trust me or, or the process, but they've just never gone through a renovation and they don't know what to expect. And they have a lot of questions and you know they see one little thing that looks weird or off and it starts to give them pause or questions, that sort of thing. So um, this can really ease their minds if you take the time to do it.
1: I love that idea. I do the weekly emails too, and that has been so, so useful. I just have a simple bullet point template, fill in the blanks, and if there's nothing to report, like you said, Kate, often early there's not much, I'll send a funny animated GIF and just a little hope you're doing good kind of thing. So I think the weekly communication is totally worth it. Even if there's nothing to report, They know you're thinking of them, and that really matters. Awesome. Okay, so number seven, kind of in the same vein, is I create a follow-up sequence so things don't fall through the cracks. You know, after you've done a few projects, you know there's certain follow-ups you need to do. There are certain tasks you need to accomplish to get where you need to go in the project. And instead of reinventing the wheel every time, we have templates in Asana that are already made. And when a project starts, all we do is fill in the client's name, Assigned to the person, and we pick a date. So we can, you know, if we know the presentation is happening on X date, then we can have ABC tasks already assigned, already put in, and they're gonna show up, and we do them when we need to do them. And it makes sure that communication stays rolling. You know, we've dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's, and we don't let things fall through the cracks that way. That might seem like it's not above and beyond, but I feel like in today's world, so many people leave you hanging. And don't necessarily have their procedures super nailed down like that. So Mm -hmm. being able to have these follow-up sequences ready to go, you just plug in the person that has to do the thing and the date, and you look like a genius. You are so super attentive to them and their project, and clients are so grateful that you are thinking of them and taking care of things on time, and they're... I think both of these tips, Kate, have to do with us being proactive as designers instead of the client coming to us and saying, hey, I haven't heard from you. What's going on? What's the status of this? So I think the the big takeaway from the last two is do what you can to be proactive and be ahead of things with your clients.
0: I, yes, I I do the same thing. There's no way I would be able to remember all the things. Yeah. All
1: right. Number eight. I love this one. I've never done this and I'm really intrigued to hear how you pull it off. So
0: sure. And sometimes, you know, it doesn't make sense, but in a lot of cases it can. So um, the night of the install, we will book a hotel room for our client. And if the, the biggest reason to do this um, is so that you can have the time that you need to finish the install, no matter what Time of day or night it is. This for us only makes sense on really big installs that are going to take all day. um We don't want them to get off of work and then be like, can we come home? Because <laughs> I've had this happen where we weren't ready. It was just so big. And so after that, I decided, all right, if we book them a hotel and we buy them dinner that night, then it's a treat for them. It cost us like less than $200. Um, you know, a nice hotel room, maybe a little bit more than that. A nice, you can get a decent hotel room or a nice hotel room. Don't get them a janky hotel room, <laughs> um, you know, for 120 150 um, plus dinner, a hundred bucks. So $250 is if you're on a project, this big is a drop in the bucket for what you should be making. That's a great point. Um, this,
1: this should be, if you're charging well, you've got the room in your budget to do this. I love
0: that. Yeah. So this way they can get off of work. It's a treat for them. They can go to the hotel, they can have dinner. And then in the morning, um, that gives us the opportunity to bring in our photographer while everything is crisp and buttoned up and complete. So, and then we can do the, then we can do the actual reveal, but, um, yeah, booking a hotel and dinner is a game changer. So good. Okay.
1: Number nine One thing I love to do with clients is really pay attention and celebrate their birthdays. So we've talked about this on some past episodes. I always get their birthdays on the initial client questionnaire. Not the intake form, but like once they're a client on that big questionnaire. And I put it in my Google Calendar as a recurring task every year. Super easy to do. And then every week I look ahead at the following week and I just mail a birthday card. I don't include a business card. Sometimes I do if they haven't heard from me in a while. But I typically, there's no strings attached. It's just, hey, hope you have a wonderful year. Been thinking about you. Happy birthday. That kind of thing. Short and sweet. Just one of those touch points that keeps me top of mind for clients and helps celebrate a really special time for them. I will sometimes send a Starbucks gift card or something in the mail for certain clients. And I've shared this story on social media before, but I had a client where I... You know, he was on my calendar. I sent him a birthday card. I didn't think much of it. And I get a text from him, and he said to me his mother had passed away just a couple months earlier, and she usually sent him a card every year. I know. I'm, Are like, almost crying talking me? about it. And mine was <laughs> the only birthday card he got in the mail that year. Wow. And, like, chills you got. Like, I was like, I'm holy sarcastic. crap. Like, I sent one stupid birthday card and didn't even think much of it. And to him it was like, wow, I lost my mom and she was the one who used to mail me a card, and thank you so much for this blessing.
0: It's like, oh my God, I'm always
1: gonna send birthday cards. This is the best thing ever. So some of them might be totally useless and the clients don't even care, that's fine. It takes five or 10 minutes a week to be sending out physical something, just a quick little card in the mail. I buy them in bulk on Amazon. I just buy like blank birthday cards, super simple, get them out the door, and you never know what kind of impact it makes. I had another client call me on her birthday because she got my card in the mail and she's like, this feels like perfect timing. I have this new project and then your card showed up. And I mean, do it guys. I think people just love to be remembered. And if you do it with no strings attached, don't pitch anything. Don't offer anything. Just, Hey, thinking about you.
0: Happy birthday. I love that. You know what? I did this last year. I had two clients that the whole reason for hiring us was because they were getting married and they were blending their households. And, um, so I put their anniversaries on my oh, calendar. So I love year, that. when their anniversary comes around, I can just check it on them. Genius. So some similar vein, um, what number are we on? I keep losing track. We're on, it's a good thing I'm here, Kate. We're on
1: number 10. Yeah, we're, I, we're bringing this thing home. And we got to wrap up because we both have other things to do and kids that are banging down our doors right
0: now. That's hilarious. Let's do this. Um, okay. So number 10 is my um, end of project binder. Um, again, these are for my full service clients and um, definitely for bigger projects. But copies of any warranty information or um, receipts from me. Um Not from not vendor receipts, but warranty information care and cleaning oh that 's important the the, the uh, products that they have, you know upholstery codes, and what does that all mean? So I have a document with upholstery code, so it 's a quick reference, and then they know what their each of their furniture pieces where they fall and then the other piece that goes in there is um, if i 've done any kind of plants in their home, just how to care for those plants. I had this. We did two like really big fetal leaf figs uh, a number of years ago in a client's house, and their housekeeper had been severely overwatering them and <laughs> almost killed them. And I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. So then I started to put together like some of the common plants that I will use in a house just a care and maintenance guide because they appreciate the plants, but then they're like, How do I not kill this thing? Um... So that's really helpful. And I can't remember what else is in there. I know one client had a flood in their basement and he was like, that binder was so helpful because we were able to file claims with insurance. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's, um, you know, helpful to pass off as well. In my
1: binders, I also include fabric and paint swatches. I'll just cut little bits and I've got like a, you know, a nice looking form where I'll just put a little swatch in. I find that helpful because sometimes clients, you know, they want to add a couple more pillows to the room or for whatever reason, they might just need a little reference. So I think it's just Mm -hmm. a nice touch. You know, it takes a little bit of time to format the pages and cut everything out. But I think it gives them a really (laughs) useful tool. And again, it's just they'll be singing your praises like what a step above and beyond to create this for them and for them to have Mm -hmm. it as a quick reference. I love that, girl. Perfect.
0: All right. Well, I hope these were helpful for you guys. Um, Yeah. Do it. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Now is the time to ramp up your service to really be thinking about how you work, how you want to be working, what kind of touch points you want with people along the way and how you can, as Kate so eloquently said, do common things uncommonly well. Awesome. Thanks, Leslie. Thank you, girl. And as we mentioned before, guys, this is the last episode of season three. So we are going to take a little bit of a break. Not sure for how long. It won't be forever. And our next episode we come back with is going to be our Q&A episode, episode 40. That's exciting. So send us your questions. Hello at designersgettingcoffee.com. You can always DM us on Instagram as well. And this is the time where small businesses like ours needs some love. It doesn't have to be financial. Mm -hmm. But if you can leave us a rating interview on iTunes, that really helps us get in front of other designers. And the response we've gotten from all you guys listening has just been so tremendous so far. So thank you. We love you. We are so, so, so grateful to have you listening. And we want to be a resource for you. We want to know what you want to hear about. So please stay in communication. Send us show ideas, guest ideas. We would love to be hearing from you while we're in this crazy quarantine season stuck in our homes and can't actually (laughs) talk to people face-to-face. All right, guys, take care. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, designer. Thanks for sharing part of your day with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes so we can continue to connect with badass design bosses like you. We love to hear your feedback.
0: For more Designers Getting Coffee and to join the conversation, head over to designersgettingcoffee.com for show notes, free downloads, and more. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at designersgettingcoffee.